you love the name of Jesus. You love his presence. We can be at home in his presence. You know when we're really going to be home is when we're in his fullness. In the fullness of his presence. And we shall see him. We shall see him. We shall be like him. We, we shall be changed. But until then, we walk by what is called faith. We're not seeing things, not understanding things, not having the full picture. We still choose to trust in the Lord. When we don't have all the answers, when we have some setbacks along the way, when we have some roadblocks, some detours in our life. There's one who is saying, keep coming, keep walking, keep standing, keep trusting, keep believing, keep praying, don't give up. You're near the end. The end is near. It will be worth it all. Jesus was, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, started out to teach the disciples and the crowd that was got, got, got coming around him. Jesus sat down. I think he anticipated he was going to be there a while. The disciples came to him in verse 2. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men cast insults at you and persecute you, say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt. He says something very profound here. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure. But on, on a lampstand, it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works 
and glorify your fathers who is in heaven. We want to examine, we want to focus especially on the verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. I want to talk to you today about being the salt of the earth. I want to talk to you today, how do we keep salty? How do we stay sharp? When oftentimes life can get brutally tough, and begin to drain that which is within you, begin to feel drained, begin to feel exhausted, begin to feel uh, to a point of, of a breakdown. And Jesus is hope. Jesus is our source. Salt, as you understand how many have canned things maybe in the past or do now, you add a little salt to your pickles. Some of you canned venison meat. Some of you can. You add a little salt to those things. You fish. You smoke fish. All that brine and salt preserves. And what Jesus is referring to, you are the salt of the earth. In other words, your, the presence of Jesus in you becomes a preservative for the kingdom of God that lives within us. So we take the kingdom of God into this world and we live out and demonstrate to a world that does not know him yet that we demonstrate we become the salt. We stand that which keeps this, this world going is only the hand and the grace of God. So the church who is saved by the grace of God through Jesus Christ has been mandated to go into all the world and make disciples, build relationships with people that you might be able to speak truth into their lives. Not everyone receives it, but that doesn't stop us. Not everyone will grasp it at, at right away, but we keep on, we keep on, and we love people around us because we begin to build bridges. Jesus was the master at evangelizing people when he was on the earth. That Jesus would go out of his way to stay a little longer, to wait a little longer, so he could talk to people one and one. And he would speak into the lives of life giving water that comes from Jesus' well. That well that will never run dry, that water that he has for us that will be life sustaining. I want to draw from Vern's teaching from Wednesday night. And he's been teaching through the Psalms here on Wednesday night. And especially he dealt with four things in chapter 55 of Psalms. You don't have to turn it. I'm just going to allude to a couple of thoughts. This Psalm dealt with, with David's life who had been many times in danger of his losing his life. And many times the enemy would try to cringe upon him and get him down and to discourage him. And sometimes David would... Would, would reveal some of the pain in his heart to his Lord. Well, the first thing we can do if pain is going on in our life and this life has is, is become tough, we can look within our feeling. That was in verses 1 through 5. In verses 6 through 8, we can look beyond for a safe refuge 
And verse, another point was we can look around in the, at the circum, we can look around the circumstances. We can look up to God and trust him. In other words, we can look at their circumstances and say, oh my, what am I going to do? What, what is it going to take? What am I going to say? Or we can look to God and trust him and say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but you do. I don't know what I'm going to say, but Lord, give me the words to say. Oh, Lord, help me to have the attitude that you desire that would please you. And it goes back, oh, Lord, help my salter to keep salty, if we could use that word salter. Help us within to resonate the presence of Jesus when life squeezes in on us, when things are, are coming down in on us, when we're in the fire, so to speak. May something good come out of us. Blessed are those. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. When it comes down to what's going to make a difference is that we are standing on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. And no one can persuade you otherwise to bow down to any other thing, to any other person, to any other system. We are not uh, we are to be called like, the, like Daniel was in his time when he would not bow down to the, the image that was placed in the king's palace. He would not bow down. He would rather face the fiery furnace, or, or the lion's den, rather. The fiery furnace was the three other guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hallelujah. That kind of determination has to do with understanding the price that was paid for our salvation, understanding that it was not by our works, it was not by anything that we could do or be, but it was by the simple act, the very act of, a, of the Christ, the, the King of kings, the Lord of lords coming down and living in an earth, living in a fallen world and being the King of kings and the Lord of lords, yet becoming a man to suffer and be tempted and to feel the pain of this world. Don't ever think that the Lord is not understanding of your circumstances. He understands your circumstances greater than you could even understand them yourself. So what does he want us to do when we find ourselves in this circumstance? We are, I want to talk about a couple ways. How can we stay strong? How can we keep our edge? The Bible says, in fact, there's a proverb that says that if the axe is dull, it takes more strength to use it, right? It takes, requires more strength. You can keep on swinging and hard. You can work harder, but that necessarily isn't going to be what's going to, going to make any difference is that you take the time and you sharpen it. You sharpen that blade again. You bring it back. To, you get its edge back. And then you go to work. And oh my goodness, the chips fly. Oh my goodness, the wood is coming down. 
Listen, if we will listen to the words of Jesus himself, who said, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Oh, my goodness. I have to keep that focus that I can't, I can't, but he can I can't, I'm merely a vessel, I'm merely, I'm attached to, the, to, the, to him, I'm attached to Jesus Christ. I'm a branch, and I'm drawing from his sustenance, his nutrients, and most, as we understand, we draw the Holy Spirit that's living within us, becomes powerful, becomes in fact, he will give you the words to say. Didn't Jesus say to a disciple, don't worry about what you're going to say. They're going to drag you to the courts, right? And you'll be a testimony. Don't worry about it. I will, the Holy Spirit is going to help you remember what to say. Paul was writing to the church of Colossians, and he says these words in chapter 4, verse 6, Colossians, let your speech always be with grace, I like how he used the word season. Your, your translation may be different. But seasons, seasoned, as it were, with salt, so that you may know how to respond to each person. How many have ever ate a good sort of food? And all you just, there's something in this. There's something that tastes good. There's a seasoning. Now, if you're like a lot of people, they put ketchup on everything. Come on. Ketchup makes the world go better, often like sugar. So I have a story. I had a buddy. He, had, he was a trapper, and we were trapping growing up. And we had, we visited, I visited his place, and he had these sandwiches. <laughs> All right, so he says they're beaver meat. All right? Okay, so let's go for it. But he doused the thing with so much ketchup, you couldn't taste what you were eating. Right? It's a season. I believe the Lord can help us have the right season, seasoning. I believe the Lord can help us win people. Because there's a love that radiates past our own. There's a compassion that goes past when your flesh part of you would like to strangle someone. You realize that's not the way. So you, you go to Jesus and you, you bring things into submission. And then you go back to the person or whatever the circumstance and you have a different attitude. That's what I'm talking about when it says keep salty, that the salt has lost its savor, or the salt has lost its saltiness, we become ineffective. We become mechanical. And what we think we're doing is good, we can be just making it worse. We become useless. And so always he's reminding us, I will be with you. I will help you remember. I will give you the words to say. I will sometimes, it's not giving you the words to say, it's giving you 
not to say. Say something that you would probably wish you wouldn't have said. Come on. Assault. I don't know. Uh, my mom's food was always the best. I think the closest that I've gotten to it, uh, um, to her caramel roll, is Jackie's. Her caramel roll, growing up, my mom's caramel roll, none better, none better. But Jackie is close, very close. So she she keeps she keeps me happy. It's time to time. It's sweet, the texture. Listen, I had one of my mentor people, one of my, I would say, a father image in my church growing up. He, he ran a sawmill for a living. He had two thumbs that were short. I used to be afraid. You know, he'd take his big hand out to shake your hand. And then he'd remember Aleph. And I'd just go, okay, hello. But later in life, I got to like this guy. You know what happened? He had a house fire. He lost his house, lost all the belongings, of course. And at that time, I was learning how to lay foundations with my brother. And I was in college, and it was back and forth. And I got to lay his foundation. I felt so proud. I'd be the one. You know what he said to me, Gary? When I go down in the basement and pray and I look at these blocks, I'm going to remember you and I'm going to pray for you. When I walk, they will always be remembered. I felt, wow, what a gift. I felt, wow. I'm talking about people in your lives. You, you want to stay salty? Hang around people who got it. Hang around people who understand the real thing. Hang around people. Pray with people or, or, or vent to people. Bear each other's burdens. As the scripture says, we're not meant to be alone in this life. We're not meant to shoulder the whole wheel by ourselves. You were never meant to walk the paths you trod, Lola from song. He says, I don't know if you remember Lola but he, he sang about fugitives. He sang to the prodigal song. He had a an anointing on his evangelistic ministry. He bought literally thousands, tens of thousands, if not close to a million over his course of ministry because he had a compassion. He could have chose to go. He told a story. He, was, he, would, he could have went. This is during the time of, you know, Elvis Presley. Rock and roll was getting popular, and he could have, he could have had a, a chance at that. But him and his wife knelt down and said, we're going to make our life. We're going to commit our life to Jesus. And we're going to spend our lifetime telling others about Jesus. I believe it paid off. I believe he's in his reward. You see what I'm thinking? You see what I'm leading up to? How do we keep our salt salt? How do we keep strong? How do we keep that edge? I come across one verse in the book of Jude. Amazing little book. Just before Revelation, you'll find the book of Jude. And then he talked a little bit about the mockers in the last day. Was Well, he isn't coming back. You know, 
causing trouble. You see, part of us wants to get angry, and probably righteously so. But that's not enough. Jude says this little packed book, little chapter, verses 20 through 23, if I can read them. But you, he's talking to the believer, but you, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Have mercy on some who are doubting. Snatch others, snatching them out of the fire. And some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. I remember growing up, it was commonly heard, you, you love the sinner, you hate the sin. You love the sinner, but you hate the sin. And so, what's going to break? What's going to turn our tide in our nation? What's it going to take? It's going to take people going to the throne room of God, starting there and getting the instructions from the Lord. It's going to take people who have, can pray in the Holy Spirit, pray with the, uh, the utterance of the Holy Spirit, pray with the groaning at times where you don't understand the words you're praying, but the Holy Spirit is praying through you, and Romans explains that. It's going to take a people, a common, ordinary person of humility to come before the Lord and begin to hold up the whole nation, begin to bring things before the Lord, begin to bring this, this, this wave that we are facing, this time, this moment where when truth is so confused, when truth is so far away from so many people and everything and anything becomes acceptable, when God is saying, I have not changed. I am coming back for the church that loves me and knows me. And Jesus warned against some false prophets that will come in the end times. False prophets who say they believe, but they're doing another whole thing. Lifestyle. Help us. Salt to me is the real thing. It's the real person who has Jesus. You see, steadily, little by little, when the promise, God promised the Israelites, you're going to go into the land. I promise you, you know, they had to wander. They, 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 they blew it many times. God kept coming back. Well, we're going to start again. We're going to try this one more time. And you know what happened? Little by little, he took the enemy out. Because if he would have given it back to them all at once, they would have been overwhelmed and wouldn't be able to handle the fruit, the spoil. Could it be that little by little, if we get serious with our God, if we become more hungry, more broken, over the situation 
that even Nehemiah, who was a layman, was not a so-called official minister, but he, listen, we are all ministers through Jesus, and Nehemiah organizes this entire workforce. He, had, he begins to, first of all, it started with a broken heart, a burden to do something that will rebuild his city. Jerusalem has been broken down. In that wonderful book of Nehemiah, it says the people had a mind to work. He was trying to, tried to somehow, opposition came and he was, he was, he was trying, the, the enemy was trying to stop him and he, he wouldn't give up. And they kept on even if it took a sword in one hand and labored at the other. Friends, we're here. We're here. That's what we're living. We got a guy, we got a guard, we got a watch. We've got to pray up. We've got, to, we've got to talk to the Lord often. We've got to allow him to talk to us. We've got to allow him to talk through us. We've got to allow him to be the man or the woman of God that he's called you to be in the home, in the workplace, in the school, in the marketplace. Amen. There is a soul that we can bring through Jesus Christ that will begin to cause people to wonder, what is it about you? What is it that you have? Can I have that too? And it becomes. It becomes a light. You can't hide it. It remains visible in spite of the darkness. In fact, in the darkness even more. How do you keep your joy? How do you stay strong? We've got to pray. We've got to hang around with people who know how to pray, know how to know the word. Can iron sharpens iron. We've got to we've got to keep keep our hearts in that purity with Him. We we we've got to be. I, I love a verse that I, I spoke. In one of my first messages in Palisade, where God led us, really uh, the first church that I that I pastored. They had a they had a small group that were hanging on. There was a few people left determined to keep that church open. I came and just filled in for nine years. It was wonderful. And I remember this verse. I thought I needed to encourage the people because they'd been so faithful. I used this text, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. And this verse begins to just chime in my heart because some of you have labored and labored and some of you have prayed and prayed and some of you are still hoping and looking and sometimes it just doesn't seem to change. But if it takes a lifetime, if it takes all eternity. I spoke with a friend of mine this week who had a brother who was an alcoholic till just in recent years. It was so bad that he had a drink on the job and that's what got him in trouble. 
And that's what almost took his life as he rolled a truck on a job. Almost killed somebody. Something happened. His mother who had been praying was already passed. A mother who had prayed over the years. God hears those prayers. He's back on track. And he's serving the Lord. There's a lot of ups and downs. Those, those people are worth it, Jesus says. You are worth it. In conclusion, some of you have worked. And this verse is to encourage you, knowing that your toil is not in vain. Sometimes you work the same thing. Housework. You wonder, is this any, is there any reward for this? This, you see, while you're working, you could be talking to the Lord. While you're on the job, you're seeing Jesus helping, helping to be aware. That's salt. When you entwined, intertwined, and becomes a part of your life. I've been around people who was just so natural for them to say, praise the Lord. Right on the workplace. Unashamed. Hallelujah. God is here. Let's just take some moments. Maybe we need to soak in this brine salt of the Holy Spirit. Zana leads us a little more in song and just want you to just begin to think, oh, how I need you, Jesus. Oh, how I want to be in that place. Where I'm effective through Jesus.